HotMovies.com has long been an ethical and affordable place to hashtag pay for some of your porn. Now with Hot Movies Select, customers gain access to unlimited viewings of tens of thousands of additional films from all their favorite studios for the low, low price of $24.95. Visit HotMovies.com, click Select Unlimited, and use promo code MANHORE at checkout so they know who sent you. The Manhor Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour, where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, Shameless Sex Style. Ever heard of the Slurpee Stick Shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some Dirty Talk Improv or Brat Taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all you hopeless romantics, you kinky companions, and all you COVID cuddle monsters out there. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Welcome, welcome to the show. This week on the pod, I've got on adult content creator and licensed therapist, Jet Setting Jasmine. She's the partner of last week's guest, King Noir, with whom she runs Royal Fetish Films. She's also the owner of her own private practice, Blue Pearl Therapy. Yeah, she's a therapist and a porn star. Love the combination, and we're going to talk about it more in a little bit. But first... Folks, did you know you still have time? Just a few days left to enter to win $100. Granted, it's in the form of an Amazon gift card or a $100 gift card to a local business of your choosing. But it's $100 you can win. And all you got to do to enter, all you need to do is share the Man Whore podcast in your Instagram story and tag me. My handle is at BillyIsProceda. Share the show in your story. Tag me. You're entered to win. And on Sunday night, I will randomly select one of the entrants uh, to win uh, the, the gift card. It's that easy. It's that simple. I think if you have a private account, you might have to screenshot it and then send it to me because I might not see uh, the private account tags. Another little announcement. I'm on Clubhouse now. 
I finally be invited to a clubhouse. I never was invited to a clubhouse as a kid. Uh, very unpopular growing up. Uh, still kind of unpopular as an adult, but I do. I am on Clubhouse, uh, so come follow me. Let's talk. Uh, I am at the Billy Proceda. We'll see what kind of fun we can get into over in the Clubhouse. I had like a very liberal, loose week in my home. Both my roommates were were on vacation in Florida. We won't talk about the fact that you know about going on vacations. All that's important is that they were in Florida, and I was home alone. I had the place to myself. I could smoke weed anywhere in the apartment I wanted. Pants, very rarely worn. We're cooking bacon naked, because why not? Uh, There are actually reasons why not to, but I'm careful. Uh, I I think I I, I need to tighten up a little bit more because, uh, you know, uh, one of the roommates got back a a few nights ago. And uh, last night I was doing a, a phone consultation with a listener who wanted help planning her future post-vaccine gangbang and as we know i'm the kind of guy where uh yeah for for a consultation fee i can help you fulfill one of your great fantasies especially if it happens to be a gangbang even though i can organize and set up other types of fantasies people i'm not you know i'm not limited to glory holes and gangbangs i have other utility but this that's what the lady wanted and I, I'm thoughtful when I when I do my consultations. I've got like a, a piece of paper out. I've got a pen. I'm taking notes. When we're done, I just you know I I didn't I forgot to clean it up, and then I went back downstairs as if you know I didn't have roommates and forgot. Oh yeah, because she texts me. <laughs> I guess she got home and texted me a picture of my notes. My roommate found my gangbang notes on the kitchen table and was like, "What's is this for me?" And I'm like, "Oh God." She was like, yeah, I thought you were leaving me a really weird note, which is weird to see that and think it could be a note to you because it just says stuff like condoms all around, no anal, no spitting at her place. (laughs) So that was fun. Folks, if you want to shoot me an email with your comments, your questions, your criticisms, your queries, you can, which is just another word for questions, uh, you can send any and all that on over to manhorpod at gmail.com. All right, before we get to this week's guest, Jet Setting Jasmine, uh, I've got a surprise for you. Oh, what's my surprise? It is Jasmine's daughter, her adult grown daughter lady. Uh, her name's Moni. And she works with Jasmine and King Noir on their uh, their workshop, Sex Positive Parenting. It's a great Instagram account and, and workshop that they do. And she is a product of the sex positive parenting that they the two of them have done on her. So we actually recorded a whole ass bonus episode that's going to go out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. For all of my $5 and up members, you get access to that bonus episode and over 200 bonus episodes. For any of y'all who are like, yeah, I can't get enough Man Whore podcast, there is a whole lot of Man Whore podcast on the Patreon. But right now we're going to hear a little bit from Moni about how sex-positive parenting has shaped her outlook on life. Let's get to it. All right, we're here with Moni, uh, our guest this week, Jet Setting Jasmine's daughter. And, and you heard, uh, hello, hello. Uh, we just recorded a wonderful bonus episode uh, that can be heard exclusively on Patreon tomorrow. Uh, but for now, you know, your, your parents uh, do a workshop called Sex Positive Parenting. You help out with the venture. What, what do you do to help help them out? 
Um, I give them the parent aspect, being their child, uh, and kind of give them the low on what kids want to know, uh, young adults need to know, uh, mm-hmm. and what parents might not know. Oh, so like, do you, you help them strategize the workshops? Yeah, I, I like to be the young person voice and everything. So the TikToker in the room, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you know, obviously, you know, when when uh, when a couple is doing a, a workshop called sex positive parenting, what we want to know, like, is it is it legit? Do they know what they're talking about? <laughs> Let's talk to uh, one of the, the proof of concept <laughs> right in front of us. Um, what, what are a few ways that you feel like their um, their approach to sex positive parenting has affected you and your world outlook? Well, there definitely has been so many things just uh, in my relationship alone, and uh, they've given me enough confidence to say certain things, ask for what I want, um, and being upfront with my partner. Uh, I also am the sex friend, so a lot of my friends come to me with their little questions, um, little things that I may know that they don't know, or I'll send them links to my family stuff, or I'll be like, oh, <laughs> like you know, my mom has the perfect thing for that. Yeah, she and, has a uh, spanking workshop. Yeah. To- video here <laughs> and it, it's, it's only 4.99 uh, i'm pretty much i'm the middle i'm the mediator mediator i'm the plug but i imagine like you know in high school when everyone's starting to have sex uh which we cover in the bonus episode high school late high school is kind of also when you know your peers were discovering what your you know what type of work your mom does yeah. uh and i gotta imagine beyond whatever teasing stuff went on that a lot of people were like Hey, you know, Jeremy's thinking about doing sex and I've never done it before. I have questions. Right. It was uh it was definitely like that. And it was a lot of learning from both sides because there was little things that, you know, me and my mom weren't talking about yet that they would know. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, well, my mom left this. Or I remember specifically giving one of my friends a condom because she was going to go see a guy. And I was like, Oh, my mom gave me all these and I'm not using them. Like so. And uh, just having access to that or my mom being my like a not a friend to my parents, but another mom to them. And, you know, if you ever need anything, if you want to talk about it and giving them that open space. Yeah. Oh, geez. Not to not to get too real, because this could be real, but she's probably like the abortion mom. Like, like, I can't feel like. My mom is the uh, the cool mom. She the she cool, is, we, some of us call it the cool mom. I call it the abortion yeah. mom. If you, need, if you need one and your parents would would disown you, you go to her. <laughs> I would send. That's I think that's where I would send my friends to my mom. Out of all of my friends' moms, <laughs> is there anything in the workshops that you see them do and you're like, oh yeah, I remember when they did that with me. When I was 12 um, or whatever. Well, there's a lot of like, my mom tells mostly the story of how uh, she became a sex positive parent and uh, how it, cause it did change. We, my mom was born in a Catholic household. My grandma like tried to raise us the same way. Um, and it was kind of like me and my mom grew together in that sense. Mm. Um, I definitely think that a lot of the times they'll, kind of explain their side as parents in their workshops so I can understand them better. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are certain things where uh, my mom will say, you know, well, this, it made me feel like this as a parent and that's totally normal. And I'll be like, Oh my God, I never thought she was even like feeling that way. Like, uh, like it, it just, it brings it all into perspective and then being able to be in a household where everything was accepted. It didn't matter who I liked or, you know, um, who I thought I'd end up with or how open I wanted to be with sex. It, it was very, uh, you know, 
it's your journey. I'm just helping you move along it. So I, I definitely think that that has made my young adulthood very easy. What do you think is one of the toughest questions about um, sex, dating, love that you've had to go to your mom to, about? Mm, uh, boundaries. I don't have any. Uh, don't, I've never had, uh, I, I've had a few, like, I don't like to be touched on the face, uh, but I have, my mom used to, I used to let people say my name wrong. They would call me Manny, uh, Monai, uh, Monty, whatever, like, you know, just all these, all these crazy things. And I just be like, okay, that's what they're calling me. And, uh, I had to learn like, no, you need to speak up for yourself and say, this is what it is. And that same lesson has like grown into sex. Like, no, you need to be able to say what you don't like and what you do like, or, uh, just being able to express myself, express what I don't want to do. Um, and that's helped me in sex, my relationship, just in life, uh, being able to create boundaries. <laughs> Have there been questions that you've gone to uh, to King about, but not your mom about? We did. <laughs> we, we, are, uh, we are close in a different way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we did an unboxing together of a few products. And uh, we had quite, I had questions about some of the things in that because most of them were, you know, for men. And I obviously don't use any of them. But a uh, thing as far as that and learning how certain things work so I can then come home to uh, my partner and be like, hey, this is what I got from King. And like, you know, he'll give me that stuff so i can use it and that's as that's as close as we get with that type of stuff that's pretty close that's that's like really really close um like i have not you know look i get a lot of free like sex toy stuff because you know of 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 the show but uh, i've never tried to like gift one of my sisters a vibrator i got for free very nice vibrator from lilo but like i would never gift it it's funny because we are um with like it sounds close it's funny because like we'll have these like really close things and like you know we we text or whatever and i still call him the most formal name in the whole world so his name is hassan and we call him mr son like that's just what i've called him my whole life and so like it'll be like you know all this closeness closeness and then it'll be like really formal like hey mr son can you So our relationship, though, is definitely it's different, but it we are I would say we're close. Yeah, we're close. We are close. <laughs> now, listeners who are hearing this right now, I mean, when you when you get off, the next person they're going to hear after I do some really like eh, mediocre ad reads uh, is I'm going to they're going to hear your mom. Um, oh. What's one piece of tea you want to spill on your mom Ooh. right before they hear her? Um. If you are ever on a Zoom call with my mother, just know from the waist down, there's either nothing or some boxers on. <laughs> it was crazy because the entire time I, I interviewed her, uh, she totally acted like she had pants on. <laughs> if she fools everyone. <laughs> totally fooled me. If I had to take a quiz, be like, hey, was she wearing pants there now? I would have said 100% yes. Totally fooled. I had no idea. So every, I think that, oh God, that's so perfect. Um, Mani, thanks for, for chatting with us. 
Uh, and I said it right, right? Because you would, yeah. your mom taught yes, you to speak did. up and say if I said <laughs> <You> it wrong. <laughs> Monty, um, thank you for chatting with us some more about what it was like to be, you know, raised by sex positive parents. Uh, yes, but thank also, you thank me. you. Yeah. And thank you for giving all the listeners the image in their minds right now uh, as they <laughs> are about to listen to your mother, who very likely was not wearing pants. Sorry, mom. <laughs> If you want to hear my bonus episode with the daughter of this week's guest, as well as over 200 other bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Speaking of Patreon, don't forget this Saturday, January 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're playing some Truth or Dare. Yeah, the patrons. Oh. Oh, my patrons. Oh, gosh. Uh, look, if y'all were in the peep show every day, you would also melt when you think about the group as a collective. Uh, but we're playing some Truth or Dare this Saturday. $7 and up fan whores will gain an invitation to this month's Man Whore Munch, which is some Truth or Dare. And one of the people I hope will be joining us is also getting a fan whore appreciation moment. What's up? Brandy, the newly single mixing and mingling Brandy. The thirsting over the same photo that is both on Instagram and OnlyFans. Brandy, uh, thanks for being a member. Thanks for supporting the show that you love. And I hope I'll be playing Truth or Dare with you on Saturday. One more time, you can join Fan Whore Nation and become a member at patreon.com slash Podcast. And now for this week's guest, Jet Setting Jasmine. Uh, she is a therapist. She is an adult performer, a sex educator, and the mother of a badass. Let's go tune in. The Man Whore Podcast is always hyped to be sponsored by altplayground.net, the place to go for your next non-monogamous adventure. Ooh, yeah. And speaking of adventures, uh, I want to give a quick little shout out to our friends Brenna and Brian from the Front Porch Swingers Podcast. They just hit the road, leaving their front porch of Montana to go on an adventure in the APG tour bus, which looks fucking sexy. Um, gosh, if it wasn't a pandemic, I would be saying uh, a portable orgy. <laughs> uh, but they're they're going to be crisscrossing the country, spreading the word of APG, doing socially distanced ad events. And hey, maybe you're just going to pass by them on the highway, which, by the way, if anyone here sees the APG tour bus in this country over the next several weeks or, or months, Please, please, pretty, pretty, please take a picture and pretty, please email it to me or post it on socials and tag us because like, I would love to see someone catch the APG tour bus in the wild. Uh, and so if you're curious about the lifestyle, if you're uh, looking to maybe alter the terms of your relationship when things start opening back up, uh, or maybe you're, you're experienced swingers who, who have been situationally monogamous and want to meet some other couples to at least do some, you know. Yeah, some some video chat foursomes. Any and all that you can find at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Get them hot. Get them movies. Hot movies. You know them, you love them, is the affordable and ethical place to hashtag pay for some of your porn. Uh, the pay-per-minute business model. You know, we love it. It's flexible. Let's just do what we want. But, you know, for some of us, it, it's, it doesn't satiate enough. I need, I need more. I need, dare I say, unlimited access. Well, now Hot Movies, they, they've got their own subby. They've got their own subscription service. It's called Hot Movies Unlimited, 
where you can get instant unlimited access to tens of thousands of movies from all your favorite porn studios with all your favorite porn stars featuring all of your favorite porn categories. Watch as much of it for as long as you want, for as long as your as your bits and pieces can handle it. Maybe, you know, if you're I'm just saying if you are a hot movies unlimited user, you might need some extra lubricant in your life. You may need to find some sort of like lube subscription service just to be able to match all the jerking off you're going to do. One more time, that's hotmovies.com promo code manhor. Let's get to Jet Set in Jasmine. I've been a licensed clinical psychotherapist for Oh, God, our middle kid is 16. So about 16, 17 years now um, and shifted into complete private practice for myself within the last three years. But sex work has been in and out of my life for probably the last. Well, I know for about the last 20 years and I've been kinky. Probably I'm 40. So probably for like 35 years. Wow. <laughs> was it what, what, what was the first thing that uh, what's like the earliest kinky memory? Is it the spankings or what? What? That's uh, you know what it what it is. Um, and, and so by by no means making like this. I, I do think that we are born sexual beings, like we're humans, right? So everything from intimacy to um, regulating self through sexual comforts and, and things like that happened really early on. And I was always, you know, if I can relate some of my now fetishes to when I felt that first kind of spark of self-pleasure, it was like being a kid and rubbing my genitals against furniture. Um, I was really taught early, like you don't touch down there. So I was like, okay, if I'm not supposed to use my hands, but it feels really good. What are some other ways that I could like get around being Catholic here? Yeah, <laughs> <And> right. <laughs> so, so, you know, like things like that or playing, um, remembering really early on playing like doctor, nurse and, and, you know, mom and dad and those type of things, because being told like, you know, those are, that's for adults or that's for grownups. Like, okay, well maybe if we pretend to be grownups, then yeah. we can, you know, <laughs> do some of the things. So that kind of like curiosity around, um, self-pleasure and, um, and, and really just wanting to explore all the, all the many things was from an early age that if I look back, it's, it's always been with me. Yeah. Did you, uh, I love how Catholics do tend to try to cut corners. I used to, when I was a kid, I would give the mm -hmm. finger and because I was nervous, I would put my hand on top, <laughs> like as if God only has an eagle eye view. Like, no, 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 no. He's it. all omnipotent. He's all controlling. But like this. Oh, he can't see. He can't through see that. This. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I don't know how many fingers proceed is holding up. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, with so much restriction and, and so much oppression around self-expression and you do you have to find a way around it because we're really defying a lot of very natural things. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good time to say I'm here right now with the fabulous jet setting Jasmine. Hello, hello. Was was uh, are you still tapped into your faith? Did you abandon that at some point? Did you reconstruct it? Mm. Mm, that's a great question. So I stopped subscribing to um, the Catholic Church probably shortly after I got my um, my confirmation. And um, I found myself kind of revisiting the faith when I had children and wanting them to be in doctrine 
at least on paper as Catholics for the sake of my mother. So they did their um, their baptism and their communion in the Catholic church. And that was more for family tradition than, um, you know, than my spiritual alignment with the church. Um, so much shame and stigma come from those early teachings in the church and through people who, you know, who um, label themselves as, as leaders of Christianity in my life, that it made it incredibly difficult for me to find organized religion that I didn't find to be hypocritical or allow me to, as I mentioned earlier, express some of the very, very human and innate natural um, feelings and, and thoughts that, that I have as a human. So, um, you know, I guess I'm kind of one of those people that describe myself as um, appreciating religion for its structure and discipline that mm. it can offer and its kind of foundations in being a good human. I think all religions have some pretty decent tenets that I can get down with. Um, but when it comes to religion dictating um, how I see myself as as a person, um, how I see my capabilities as a human, I don't, um, I don't, I'm not too tied to those and so or to the dogma. You're, so you're you're kind of more like, you know what? I'm just gonna talk to him directly. I don't need all this other noise around it right now. Yeah, and to even add context to that, like I'm gonna talk to her directly, right? Because uh, God you is caught, in me. You me. Yeah. There we go. There you go. You caught <laughs> but, me. But 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 even but even that, right? Like so, just allowing myself to um, allow myself in to per personify what God is to me, like that in itself is a spiritual freedom that you just mm -hmm. don't get in organized religion. But yeah, exactly what you said. It sounds like there was some shame around sexuality growing up kind of tied to the Catholicism. Uh, how'd you, how'd you, you clearly shed that to some extent. <laughs> oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, how'd that happen? Yeah. Uh, so the, I think the big, the big like moment for me, so to speak, uh, there were lots of small ones along the way. It was like, this doesn't make sense. Like this person is a really, really, you know, a good mother, um, a good a, just a good person, but by the standards of the church, you know, an unwed mother or, or, you know, like all of these other things, like this person is going to go to hell. And I just couldn't mm -hmm. make those connections. So it was like really, really identifying the hypocrisy, the more I was exposed to other types of faith, other, other types of just, you know, people's lifestyles and being, um, when it comes to like the sexual shame, I think the the major part for me is looking at the people who place those shameful thoughts um, in my head as a child, and realizing that their life at once I you know got older and was able to see kind of like the outcome of their life or you know okay if you follow these rules for twenty years where does it take you and then mm -hmm. find out some of these people were molesters abusers um, you know they were doing some of the worst in in my opinion the worst sins that you know you could commit uh, really hurting people, but they were somehow trying to give me direction for my life. So I think at that moment is when I was able to take that shame that was kind of bestowed upon me and just really hand it back and be like, actually, you were just projecting some, you know, dirty shit that you were doing onto, onto me. Um, so, so that became incredibly important for me is really finding who gave me messages around sex and sexuality, whether it was from our larger like cultural context or within my family, or even, you know, attitudes and thoughts that I had for myself based on what I should be like as a woman. And um, 
just going like, yeah, that's not my messaging. I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to that. Or that didn't seem like it worked out really well for that person. I should probably figure out my own way. Yeah, because I mean, I've talked to people who have shed some, you know, the dogma, so to speak, and even mm-hmm. um, some of the general attitudes of shame Catholicism gives you. But, you know, the, the sex shame always seems to be like this separate higher hurdle to clear. <laughs> like, even if you rid yourself of this bullshit, there's still, you know, this other thing you got to get over. Um, right. Do you remember right. when you first felt like, like fully sexually empowered? I think I felt the most fully sexually empowered when we pressed send on, like submit on um, our first porn. Uh, <laughs> it was, it, it was that. Is that's this like you and like King? A, yeah, together. Okay. When we we did our first scene together, it was really one of those moments where I was looking at the scene that we shot, and I was like, "This is beautiful. This is really reflecting how I feel about you. It's really reflecting how you feel about me. It's reflective of how the woman that shot it sees us. Um, it seems so." It was it was just beautiful. It was human. It was um, I wasn't hurting anyone. No one was hurting me. Uh, it was the way that in my mind, sex should feel. It should have a certain a certain freedom. It should feel beautiful um, mm. to whatever beautiful is to you. And when I was able to see that, I didn't care what anybody else thought. It was just like this is art that I appreciate. And um if I lose a friend or a contract or a deal or, or anything over this, I'm okay with that. Um, I would never, you know, say to the person, or I, at least I don't think I would say to a friend, like, that's a horrible painting in your house. I hate you, <laughs> you know? And so if anybody was feeling that way about what I considered art and art with my body, then I was okay with losing those relationships. And so what I was do the, think what that- was the scene? Um, it was called, um, it was morning sex. That's like, it was, it was called something like morning sex and it's not even on our, I think we've lost the file. Um, it's probably on only one site, like night flirt or something. Uh It was the, the very first thing that I was ever in. And so, yeah, like, I think that moment of going, I rather take any sacrifices of people of status in this world to relinquish feeling controlled by what society thinks I should be doing, what society thinks is beautiful. Um, Part of this was like, I got into this industry, I was already 30, maybe, no, I was 31. So, you know, I have, I have the body of a 31 year old woman that has had kids, you you know, at least for, for, you know, my, my, you know, my body Um, and being able to see myself beautiful. uh, That's, that's really challenging a lot of norms. And, I, w- I was able to see that within myself without anyone's assistance mm. um, and without anyone's feedback. And I was just like, I want to fly with this because it, it feels good. Um, and I, I feel confident in myself and there was no shame to be had in that moment. And so I've just been riding that wave since. Yeah. And, and I asked this to ask a different thing. So it was the mm-hmm. scene itself just like a, a kind of typical morning sex scene or was there something like extra to it? Um, the extra to it for, for me in comparison to what porn looked like at that time. So we're talking just 10 years ago, but I mean, Mm. things have changed so much with, within the last 10 years in technology, um, and in the industry, 
What was beautiful about it to me was I had no makeup on, no high heels, no lingerie. There wasn't any like clinical fluorescent lighting, you know, zooming in on all the things. It was shot by a, a woman, a submissive woman. So her, her, her view of her dominance was, it was very beautiful. It was very like she was exalting us because she was exalting us as she was looking at us. And that translated into how she filmed it. So were you all um, like doming her? I, I promise there's a, a less sexual oh, no, you're good. reason no, I'm no, asking, no, but um, uh, so we, was it seen like you two are doing like some sort of kink? No, not really. Okay. I mean, the only doming aspect of it was go get the camera. I was just it. curious if it, yeah. yeah, I was just curious if it was the type of sex that maybe like you um you had shame about even when you weren't filming it and then you know finally you, you hit submit oh, yeah. on no, it. No, it not. wasn't that just okay. Just the idea of showcasing um showcasing an intimate moment with a partner to the world. Um you know, knowing that I was a mother, a therapist, an older woman, a black woman, like all of these intersections and being older like, woman, by the way, yeah, in porn years only. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Like somebody, somebody was like, you know, you're, you're like an icon, like a legend. What are you going to pass down in the porn? I was like, pass down. That would mean I have to leave. What the hell are you talking about? I just got here y'all. <laughs> but yeah, um, after a year you age in porn. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you, you know, you were already a licensed therapist and that, and then got into porn. If anything, right. I feel like sometimes I'll hear stories. It's in reverse. Someone's doing porn. Then they go, they go to school and part of getting out of porn was to go then be a therapist. As, right. So many people would be nervous as a therapist sending nudes just casually. Mm -hmm. And you were like, no, no, I want to professionally send nudes while maintaining yes. my practice. So what, <laughs> yeah. what was I, what made you want to start uh, performing in the mm -hmm. industry and what was all the negotiations going on in here to mm -hmm. marry it with your, your, with your practice? Yeah, that's, that is so I, a lot of my practice influenced, you know, and I, I probably, I've, I don't really think I've ever talked about it from, from this perspective, but as a therapist, you know, you are held to a, a standard of perfection to, to an extent, you know, it's kind of like um, this person must not have any problems or this person can clearly figure it all out. Um, this person has no, I don't know, like no addictions. And, and that that's so far from the truth. I think that therapists um, certainly have more of a skill set to pull from um, when it comes to healing and de dealing with difficult things. And, However, it doesn't mean that we don't deal with difficult things. And that human element is something that I've always felt when seeking any type of, of therapeutics, any type of services at all. It's like I look for the genuineness in the person, the authenticity in the person. I don't need to know a whole lot about you, but I do need to know that, you know, you struggle from time to time, too, so that I at least know it's relatable. Mm -hmm. um, so so my my point in that is doing a lot being in the the ther the mental health field for so long, there's this like idea of asking people to be their authentic self, asking people what it's like for them to, you know, take on hobbies and challenge uh, challenge status quo and challenge uh, socialized ideas that are being put upon them and pressures. But then going like, but how the fuck am I doing that in my own life? 
You know, like I keep showing up to this place every day from you know, my, my hours used to be from eight to four thirty, encouraging people to do the thing that makes them happy, encouraging people to live their life truly, to communicate the things that might be really hard to tell loved ones. And here I am, like, God, I really want to pole dance. I really want to do this. I, I took this hot ass picture. I would love to share it and get some attention. You know, I've been working Just on cause. my body. Just cause, right? Right. Because right. because I want somebody to click like and give me their money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and then like sitting with that, that was that was one thing. The other thing that was um it was a definitely like a aha moment if there if there's a thing of that in porn is um taking my kids to school and someone said, like, oh, that's Monty's mom. And I was like, oh my God. I, I don't even have a name anymore. I am just, I am now somebody's mother. Like, that's it. That's how they were referring to me. And it made me start to to ask myself, am I showing up in all domains of my life as my full self? Do I want my kids to grow up and be like, oh, you know, mom always loved to like dance and perform and all of those kind of things. But when she had kids, you know, she shut all that down. And I don't want, I didn't, I don't want my daughters to be like that. I certainly want them to do whatever it is that they would like to do, but mm. I just didn't want them to be defined by what society thinks a woman should be doing at mm. particular points in time in her life. So also you, you don't want to go like X, you know, whatever many years and, and then you're, you know, whatever, not that you can't do it at, at, at 60, but just <laughs> like, you don't want to be 60 looking back and be like, gosh, nope. I really wanted to have that only fans, but you know, never, yeah. oh, I really wanted to take that poll. I, you know, you don't yeah. want that for you either. My mom gave up coaching basketball and she won like nine consecutive championships in a row. This is sixth, seventh, eighth grade girls basketball, but you That's know, okay. if, yeah. It's nine years in a row. You, you're a good coach, in my opinion. You're good. Um, yeah. And those <laughs> girls are going on to do great things for sure. But, yeah. And when she had my the, her third kid, my youngest sister, you know, that stopped. Uh, did, there was no time mm -hmm. to coach everyone else's kids anymore. And and then she just became a mom until the divorce. And now she's got a career that she's building again. But I always thought, like, I bet there's a part of you that wanted to coach high school or college ball. Like, I bet. There was a part of you thought like, oh, if I didn't have this husband, maybe I would do that. And, you know, I, I, I wonder if that's something that sits in the back of your head. So I'm glad that you were able to say like, no, fuck yeah, I want to put this pussy on the Internet. Like I want to Damn. I want to show this off, <laughs> you know, <I> do. <laughs> and, and did you was there ever a thought of like, I'm a therapist. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, there was. But you know what? I I had to dip and dabble into like um. I remember at a point in time when I was living in Massachusetts and, and I was working actually with um, in a nursing home. And a lot of those stories are, you know, I think that the, what you just shared is so important. When you spend enough time with people who have one foot on this earth and, and one foot wherever, you know, in, into their eternity, you hear a lot about their regrets. You hear a lot about how things that they, um, you know, were good at or would have liked to do or things Did that they would have tell you they regret not doing porn. Um, <laughs> you know what, what a lot of, a lot of women shared with me and, and it definitely influenced me is that they would say like, I wish when I was your age, I took more pictures. You know, they didn't necessarily say that they were explicit, um, but they wish that they would have captured their youth differently. But they mm. were always in that moment, one like, I'm going to be 100 pounds. You know, I, I'll take a picture when I'm 125. I'll take a picture when I lose five pounds. I'll take a pic, you know, and then it's, it, it, at the end of your life, like you're none of those things. 
but you sure would like to have had captured them. And, and so like hearing those stories, I think really, really encouraged me. The other thing too, that, and, and I know that people listening to this would be like, I don't make the connection, but I think about the bartender at wherever your favorite bar was pre-COVID and how much shit the bartender hears and how important that bartender is to the regulars. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the strip club. When I danced at strip clubs, that's where I became the best listener ever was at a strip club. I was sitting there and I'd be like, keeping time like, oh, OK, we're three songs in but this is really important what this person is sharing with me. And I would say like, Hey, I just want you to know, I can't really sit unless you're willing to tip me, but I'm really interested in what you're sharing with me. And they would be like, don't worry about it. Can you let's keep talking and I'll pay you by the song. Just keep track. Sure. No problem. And what I realized is like people just need safe spaces with people who are not going to judge them to show up. And, and and to hold that space. So I was doing that in strip clubs. So that really informed me that therapists have a place or, or that therapy can be can come in any in a multitude of different places from multiple different people. And the more diversity that you bring into your practice, the more you're going to attract people that are going to gel with you. And I'm definitely seeing that right now in my practice. And just so I'm keeping track, so uh, uh, when you were stripping, that was after you were already a therapist. So you already had these <laughs> listening skills, so to speak. And, and so then I was definitely the, developing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And were there any like kind of what were some of the logistics of deciding, like, I'm going to be a therapist and I'm now going to make adult content in whatever form? Mm-hmm. So um, I, the first important thing was reviewing my um, commitment as a therapist. Am I violating any of my ethics? Am I violating my board of conduct? And there was nothing that suggested that um, producing porn is legal in my state, in my country. You just probably um, can't producing- give a lap dance to a client at the club, yeah. right? Like if yeah. you recognize yeah. you have to be like, no, let me get you Tiffany. I, I can't, this would be unethical, but I can match you up with Tiffany. That works. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Completely. Um, and you know, the respectability politics around, around therapy are so interesting because we talk about it in school. What if you run into your client at a party or at a bar or at the grocery store? How do you want to manage that? But they, there are other places that you might run into a client that like you could be at the damn Planned Parenthood wondering like, oh, I wonder if they, you know, like all of those kind of things that are places that that hold, unfortunately, a lot of stigma, a strip club or watching a particular movie, you know, walking out of a movie theater and going like, oh, that's a client. There's so many things. Right. But this only becomes problematic when we are not presenting ourselves to our client as our authentic self. And so that doesn't mean I have to tell my client like, oh, here are my nudes before we start session. Like, no, but I do need to to be honest with I am a I'm an adult entertainer. My content is on the Internet. If that makes you uncomfortable or we feel like this might interfere with our work as a client and therapist and here are my boundaries, what are yours? If we can't work in that space, then we're not a good match. When it becomes a problem for me is when I'm lying or I'm hiding and you find out. You know, then then it's like, how can can I really trust this person to to be my? Did that take a little self? trial and error? Did that take some like you know no. some testing or right away you knew always- like I'm gonna tell them I'm just gonna all right yep. Mm-hmm. What, what's and like the- a range of reactions you got? Um, well, one job, one at the time when I was not practicing independently, um, one particular, um, organization felt that I, um, 
was not a good fit. Um, like, you know, their, their, our value set didn't align, but when we broke it down with legal involved, we realized that my value set was just fine in comparison to their written terms. Like it was more of a personal value set. Um, and so that was, um, actually it, it worked out in my favor. I'll just put it that from that position, I was able to pivot and be completely independent and start my own practice. Um, Since that time, most of the people that find me is because they've heard conversations like we're having here. Um, So they already come. They'll be like, I, you know, I heard you talking to Billy. I'm looking for a therapist that is sex positive. Can you help me? Um, Or other sex workers that are like, I can't talk to my therapist about the fact that I do sex work. It, I, or I've been seeing this person for, you know, five years and they have no idea what my real job is. I really would like care with somebody that's not going to judge me. So being my authentic self has helped me like find the best match of clients. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, and let me just get this question out the way, cause I'm mm-hmm. sure it's on plenty of people's minds, but it's like, ha- have you had to deal with the clients who, they come in, maybe they don't know that you're jet setting Jasmine and then um, they go out and either they discover it or they find it on your site and, or they, or you disclose. And then they're like, well, I'm going to go see what this is about. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they come back Mm -hmm. and it gets a little weird, different, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So um, I haven't had anyone. I haven't had anyone come back and say that it's been, uncomfortable for them. And I think I meant more of, like for you, like knowing like, oh. okay, this client went to go jerk off to me and now he's back and mm-hmm. he's telling me that he like, mm-hmm, that I'm mm-hmm. like, that's, I don't know. That's the first horror show I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a, that's a pretty good one. Um, I think that I haven't had anything that has made me feel uncomfortable in that way, either because the client has, has chosen not to share that with me, um, which is fine. You know, it's, it's kind of like, if you were my therapist, I might like look you up and be like, Oh shit, Billy had a DUI. Hmm. Okay. I'm just going to store that information. It would be like, no, 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 no. That was my dad. Uh, all <laughs> Billy of them, Senior. Not me. Yes. That was all Billy senior. <laughs> oh shit. I, so I really didn't look you up. I just <laughs> no, wanted no, no. you to know. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, but you know, like there are things that we, we find out about people that we work with in, in all kinds of capacity that don't make or break our deal with working with them. It's just like stored information we may not present differently. So I, I'm, mm. I'm sure that that happens. Um, I think it, the reason why it doesn't, it doesn't ever get weird. And the way that clients may approach with like, hey, I came across some of your work um, and it, and, and they'll always go like, I don't feel uncomfortable and I want to keep working with you, but I do uh. actually want to talk about like, how were you not getting jealous in that scene where your partner, things like that. And we actually use the work in the work. Is that just Um, telegraphing like what they need to deal with? Like you can say like, oh, well, it was just a job. But like, are you feeling jealous somewhere in your life, Stephen? Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, you got it. You got it. It's like, why are you bringing this into the session? How does this reflect on Mm -hmm. you? And how can we use this material or whatever you felt to help you? Because I'll go, I'm seeing my therapist later on tonight. Like I'll talk to her about my jealous feeling, you know, Um, but it is about that pivot. We can, sure, we can use any discomfort that you may feel or any questions that you may feel about content that I have out there. And we can discuss it in this space if it's relevant. um, Mm -hmm. And if we think that it's going to help us towards your goals. If it's just, uh, I saw you and I want to ruffle your feathers a little bit. 
I, I confront that too. Are you sharing this with me because you'd like to see how I'm resp- how I'm going to respond to this? Mm. And if so, I'll be happy to give you my most authentic reaction to hearing that you saw my work. Uh-huh. And and then I do. Um, what is, so, what yeah. is your authentic reaction when someone wants to make that power move? Like mm-hmm. I've seen you <laughs> naked. Your yeah. turn. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, I'll say. Thank you very much for looking into the kind of work that I do. I was really happy to create that piece. Does any of it speak to you? And would you like to talk about what aspects of it speak to you? Well, uh, um, you were supposed to be ruffled. I had no further plans after disclosing I looked you up. Shit. Uh, All right. So let's let's talk about what we were focused on last week. Yeah. How you doing with that drinking, Billy? (laughs) so so over the last like a decade of making adult content you know um is there anything about it that you were feeling extra authentic since starting to do porn like are is there anything else in your life that you're finding more authenticity in because Mm -hmm. you started doing that it seems to be a the word authenticity seems to be very central to you yeah it does right um there's, you know, one of the things that has been really, really cool about doing this work, um, especially because we own our own company. So we own Royal Fetish Films. We get to shoot what we want to shoot. Um, it's been incredibly empowering to, you know, when we're sitting down and we're talking about creating a scene or even if we're being hired by a company and hearing what their concept is and being able to say, I think that's really cool. I'd like to do this. I, that doesn't usually feel good for me. So I don't want to do that. I really would like my body highlighted in this, in this way. Like those are interactions that you don't get to have in more spontaneous casual sex, you know? And, and so that, that's, you know, something that we forfeit in porn sex that, you know, is not normally. Um, But for me, like this has been so much about my own sexual journey and my own expression that it has been so beautiful to be able to to design sex the way that I would like it to to have. And I can't do that. Like you can't just like swipe on Tinder and be like, I want you to pay very close attention to this side of my body, you know? And, like, and- couldn't you? But like, but like, isn't that like ideally where we're trying to get people, especially like, you know, mm-hmm. women or non-binary like mm-hmm. people, like, you know, like, are, isn't, aren't we trying to get to that place where yeah. you can swipe on Tinder and say, yes, like uh, to, to have the assertion to say like, I want the left side of my body tend to extra. And if you don't, then like, you're not going to get a repeat. Like, are, right. are we trying to yes. get Yes, that? we, we are trying to get there, but between now and when we get there, I still mm-hmm. want to be having these experiences, you know? And so I, one of the things that I also enjoy so much about porn is that you can experience things not at the expense of people's feelings. And and let me kind of explain this. There have been some some really um, cool experiences that we've tried that they were cool in the moment. I probably won't revisit them or I wouldn't want to necessarily date this person, but Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed being able to access their body in a particular way or their skill or their talent um, or to do certain things with them that I wouldn't want to necessarily have a whole relationship with. Right. Or I, w- I don't want to necessarily like join that club of that, that part of that, that lifestyle. I just wanted the experience and adult entertainment really has afforded me that opportunity to try things with people as a professional um, where they can, they're also responsible for telling me what they like and they don't like. Mm-hmm. There's a certain standard of ex- uh, communication that comes with with the kind of work that we create that 
that I'm in just, I'm really enjoying so much. And it's allowing me to like have these professional experiences that later then dictate my personal experiences without like, you know, like getting involved with people and going like, yeah, like I don't, that that's really not for me. Like, sorry that you just told me your whole lifestyle exposed your kink to me. And yeah. now I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being very like sincere, genuine, transparent with me. And your sincere, transparent self <laughs> is not a fit. Uh, it's like you like to turn down the kink, you're turning down a person. Whereas in with a scene, like you're more turning down a job. It, there's less yeah. like emotions involved and mm-hmm. hopefully no one's taking it personally. Right, uh, right. Do, do you have an example of, a t- of like a fetish, a kink, a scene where you were mm-hmm. like, I really want to try that. You mm-hmm. tried it for porn and it, and you were like, I'm good. I don't need to do that again. Yeah. There's a couple of, a couple <laughs> of things. I, I don't know. I don't know that I will, I will never do it again. I just, I know that I don't like necessarily crave this. Right. right. Um, so but there was I a have, part of you that was like, I, I, I think I might want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Okay. There are actually, there, there are two things that come to mind. One is sounding and it's when you're taking Yep. You know what it is. You can explain. I don't want to. Okay. You're taking a a medical rod, a a medical grade rod. So um, a steel rod and you're inserting it into the urethra. (laughs) So into the penis hole. Um, Yes. And it produces a pressured feeling almost like if you have, if you are a person that is a penis owner is if you have to urinate. Um, So that idea of the, the pee coming out, it's really the, that full feeling of, yeah. Okay. And everybody okay. take a deep breath with me in. It's my it's it's out. like the one what you know, you could tell me fist and dude asshole. I'm like, That's I can't live, but you know, but but uh oh the sounding, the sounding. The, and you did that? You, you sounded I did, I did. Now I was when the person shared that this is something that they needed more content around and they would be willing to walk me through it and teach me how to do it safely, mm-hmm. um, to you know, to make sure that they were having a pleasurable experience. I was like, okay, you know, I, I was so geeked about it. It was, it definitely tapped into my dominatrix side, but it also made me very, very nervous um, of like this person getting an infection if I didn't clean the sound just particularly right. Or if I was doing this and I wanted to up the, up the size of the sound, how would I know if a person is truly ready to kind of graduate into to mm-hmm. larger sounds? So it was a great experience to have to see how this caused them to have pleasure. But the high level of responsibility that I felt didn't allow me the full sexual satisfaction of it. You know, I just kind of felt like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Um, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. It does this. Don't break his dick. Don't break his dick. Just just get through this scene without permanently damaging this penis. So if this was if this was a part, uh, a potential partner that I would probably have to be like, I don't think that I could meet that need for you quite often because it had me in my head. Um, but, I, you know, but at the same time, it was cool. And and I did see the like control part of me perk up. Um, but that was like that was one of those things that I just don't know that I would just be swiping on Tinder and like be OK with doing. Right. Um, so that was one. And then the other I, one I don't was, know if King I don't know if like King submits to you ever in bed, but I'm sure that after the sounding scene and you were like, I'm good. I'm sure there was a little sigh of relief like, oh, fuck, we're never <laughs> Good. We're never going to have to do that. <laughs> Billy, he, he had, he filmed it. He was, oh. yes. So, you know, he was like, and he was so good. Camera was steady, but it was definitely one of those things that we talked about after. I'm like, yeah, like, oh. yeah, we don't. Did you have don't. to hold him a little bit? You'd be like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I think it's we fine. held each other. 
<laughs> I saw. Do you 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 remember that movie Teeth? Did you see Teeth? No. From circa two thousand nine. It's about like a, a literal vagina dentata. Um, oh. It's like a. Yeah, it's like a, you know, it's like a horror movie for women. It's a horror movie for men. It's a comedy for women. And gotcha. I saw it in theaters and I shit you not. I look over my left shoulder. The lights come on in the theater. They raise up during the credits and there is a man hunched over and there is his lady. I'm presuming was a lady friend uh, has her arm around him, just Comfort like him. rubbing his shoulders like it's OK. It's not real. That's a, just a long held myth for thousands of years. But hey, don't fuck with me. <laughs> I will turn this switch on. <laughs> so what was the other thing uh, that you, you tried uh, and was like, I'm good? Putting my whole foot in someone's ass. <laughs> What used to be a great fight line uh, becomes literal porn. Literal porn. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so this this particular submissive, his name is Tony Orlando. Like he's into he's into some really extreme kinks. He's a great guy. It was a great set. Something that I don't know I would have worked myself up to ask someone to do to them. Or, you know, would have thought up like, ah, like, like you said, like, you know, I've said it a million times, like, you know, I'll put my foot in your ass, you know, or like, whatever. <laughs> and this was like, no, I really want you to put your foot mm. in my ass. Um, and so that that was another one of those experiences that like, I don't know that 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 would be in my tool belt. Um, I know how to do it safely now. I can totally respect, you know, people who want that that much pressure and, and that size um, anally, like, oh, like, it's cool. I'm it was a very cool experience, but porn afforded me that experience that I don't think I would have sought out personally or that I would seek out personally again, you know, but I would definitely do another scene. <laughs> and, um, and something that really fascinates me that you and uh, you and King teach together are uh, the sex positive parenting workshops. And yeah. I would be remiss if we did not get to that at some point, because uh, you know, I, uh, many people wouldn't think it, but I think we need to we need to think about the children. Uh, and, we do. Thank and since you, we don't have sex ed in schools yet, uh, you know, we mm -hmm. are sadly leaving it up to the parents, which I think is the ideal in society. You know, you talk yeah. about comprehensive sex ed. They say, oh, well, that's for parents. I'll be like, yeah, but the parents weren't taught and their parents weren't taught. No one was fucking taught. So yeah. they shouldn't teach it. If we raise a generation or two of kids who were taught shit properly in schools, then maybe we then can trust them can. to. Yeah, then we can let it off the school shoulders. But we're a nation of fucking idiots who don't read. So let's let the people who do read teach for a little while. And and you all read, I hear. So it's, uh, you know, maybe you two should should be teaching us. So I guess. Uh, tell us a little bit about the workshop and maybe mm -hmm. uh, what's what's a really, really common mistake mm -hmm. you think par well-meaning parents are making, not the ones who are filling everyone with shame. We all know that's toxic, yeah. but what, what do you think people are, are they're trying real hard and still mm -hmm. missing the boat on? Yeah. So the workshops um, aim, it's it's really sex ed for for parents. Um, it's where you are learning where you fucked up in your own, where what you need to unlearn so that you mm -hmm. don't pass down that generational trauma um, or ignorance to to your children. I think everyone that shows up for our um, our seminar, our seminars, our workshops, our talks about it are definitely well-meaning parents. And I always tell them that just by being here, that like you're already breaking a, a cycle. Like you mm -hmm. want to be a better parent in this area to your children. Um, so I think that that's awesome. Something that comes up a lot is if parents are poly or kinky, or they do something that's outside of like mom, dad, and dog or whatever, 
that they're worried about sharing it with their children. They're worried about judgment from their children. They're worried about um, projecting what they think is wrong about them onto their children. And we really talk about how important it is for us to model different lifestyles. We need to model our lifestyle, whatever it is responsibly, um, so that our children can develop their own. You know, but if we're like living in this make believe TV world, but our kids see something different in our behavior, we're confusing them. Mm-hmm. We are not, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It's like where you get this uh, education at school, but you're not seeing it practice at home. So both things kind of go out the window for you and you don't really know where you land. And then you start, you know, asking your friends. Um, so I think a lot of uh, a lot of parents are having misconceptions around being honest with their children in an age appropriate way. The other thing that comes up all the time is when should I start talking to my kids about sex? And our formula in our household is you never stop. You never stop. Mm-hmm. You 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 start from when they're born and you never stop having conversations because a conversation that we're having with our two-year-old right now, which is, um, oh, you want to touch your penis? You could do that in the shower. Um, you can't take off your pamper when you're at grandma's house on her couch. You need to keep your diaper on. You could take your pamper off in the bathroom. By the way, that tip also applies to all adult babies everywhere. Uh, you know, Correct. just be mindful of furniture. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Right. Rudy Giuliani, keep your pants on. <laughs> um, so it, it, these, you're right. Like these are the things that we can teach super early that help us not create these shameful moments down mm. the line um, or waiting for that talk to happen. Where it's like where you teach your kid what's appropriate and what's not when they've been behaving Uh, in an improper way since, you know, up until they were 16 or something. A lot of times we don't start teaching our kids about sex until we think they're having sex. By the time you think your child is having sex, they've had it multiple times. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all, we're usually behind the curve. So um, this idea, like we're going to have a birds, uh, birds and the bees talk when our kids like get their period or turn 16 is so asinine and it's so irrelevant to children now. They've also already got all this shit instilled in them by then. Like, even if they're not fucking yet, they have all these thoughts and opinions and biases about fucking. Uh, They've got all this false information or mixed up. Like they're already filled with shit. Shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and you've given them no foundation to balance those things too. And also you haven't created a safe space for them to come back and go, yeah, I read this crazy shit on the, in- you know, or, no, you shouldn't talk to your parents that way. I read these, these crazy things on the internet and that's not what you told me. What, what is, you know, like you're not giving them an opportunity for discussion if you're waiting for this right moment to have a conversation. So um, I think our workshop really does give people some practical ways of connecting with their children at any age. Um, like with my teens, we use music. You know, they'll be like, oh, Megan the Stallion has a new song. And I'm like, let me hear it. And, you know, she'll be like, I don't know, whatever the hell Megan the what Stallion What is a WAP? Exactly. And, and what so my is a WAP, mommy? <laughs> Uh, you know, they know because they listen to the song, you know, mm. and so when they when they're like, oh, you know, they're singing the song and I'm like, hmm, so is a dop OK? You know, they're like, mom, I'm like, no, really, like, really, is there a song for people who have dry ass pussy? Like, do they talk about lube? And they're just like, you know, they're giving me the face, the teen face, <laughs> but it is opening that conversation for wet ass pussy is great. But like there is also a solution for those of you who are not. 
as wet as Cardi and Megan are in this video. Um, so we talk about sex a lot and we I often use the media that is right in their face. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know this is a struggle just, uh, you know, when you're working something with a partner, building something business-like with, with a partner can already mm-hmm. be a struggle. Um, how did you and King, who I'm sure were already on a similar page, um, when you two had a kid together, how did you two discuss the particulars? Was there anything you two had to, you maybe differed on how or when to explain something? And and what was those conversations like? Because I think there's a lot of people who they want yeah. to raise their kids without sexual shame, but maybe the two parents don't agree exactly how to do it. Yeah, that, that is, um, that's, that's true about everything, everything from eating, like, you know, um, King and I are definitely on the same page. We probably pace our parenting a little bit different. Like I'll just use like technology. I am such a, I'm a technology whore. I love like if it has buttons, it blinks and it connects to Wi-Fi. Like I want that shit and I want my kids to know how to use it. (laughs) And he is, is very like a very like manual, um, kid you know like books first and then ipad is the treat type of thing and i'm like there's a book on the ipad you know so um it it really is respecting each other and understanding that ultimately we want the best thing for our children and it might look different how we're getting there and so one of the most important things for us is to like bring the kids into the conversation and so with our older girls um we will talk about it from the perspective of like this is what i think this is what you think. Now let's bring these, our questions, our thoughts to see where our kid is at. Cause a lot of times what we're thinking and fearful of and trying to like, you know, navigate and we're like getting at it with each other on what should happen. And then we bring it to our kid. And then the kid is like, yeah, that's not even a problem anymore. I'm, I'm good on that. You know, so really is incorporating the, the child into our plan of raising them. That has been really helpful. Um, Sometimes, you know, we, we, we get into it just like any other, any other family. Um, and a lot of times if we just let time pass and allow ourselves to, um, we allow time to pass and we allow ourselves to just realize like he wants what's good for the children and I want what's good for the children. Uh, and so we just need to figure that out just like any other work problem. One moment, they're doing landscaping. You can you can go ahead. Do I think it? it's okay. fine. It adds ambiance. It makes us feel like we're at, you know, your home with you. It's Which you are. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so to that point, I think for us is kind of going back to that foundation. We are sex positive parents. We definitely have different ways about getting to the same end goal. And if we incorporate the individual child and their like learning style, their challenges, their emotional issues we tend to do really well with, with coming up with the plan, like who needs to lead this and who needs to come, you know, who needs to come behind and support each other. Well, and what happens if, so it sounds first, you're like, Hey, let's not disagree in front of them when we're trying to do is let's have a talk behind closed doors as parents and discuss Mm -hmm. what happens when you disagree. For example, this is one I'm sure is common agreeing when, when this this kid needs to get on the kid is getting on birth control. Kid wants birth control or mm-hmm. kids getting on it. And, and you two yeah. maybe differ on it or you're differing on um, what age is appropriate to like knowingly allow them to watch porn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what happens when you do have that disagreement in the sidebar? 
Yeah. Th- then, you know, we duke it out until we, just like with, with anything until you else. Win? Is that- <laughs> I, no, honestly, no, we, we are so good at coming to a compromise. Um, mm. Usually when it's a, about the kids, we can get there pretty quickly. We okay. can get there pretty quickly. Uh, and, and, and it is partially because, and, and this is something that, you know, King and I, our third child is together biologically, our mm. daughters, I had them prior to our relationship but it was so important to me that I had a partner that was going to be involved, was going to have input and was also, we had some shared values in how children should be raised, you know, like mm. how you speak to them, how you discipline them. Um, it, it's important. And, and I didn't do this the first two times around. Uh, however, I will say that if you haven't procreated with someone yet and you have an opportunity to make sure that your values are in alignment and you can have that discussion, please do. It'll save you so much trouble later. Well, Jasmine, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for making some time for me. Where can people go to find you for all the things that you do, including the sex positive parenting workshop, the therapy, Mm -hmm. the porns, the porns. Yes. Thank you. So for all of my sex work, it's on jetsettingjasmine.com. I am on all social media as Jet Set Jasmine. All of my uh, therapeutic work can be found at bluepearltherapy.org. And I'm on all of the socials under Blue Pearl Therapy LLC. And um, all of our sex positive parenting is on Instagram at sex positive parenting. And yeah, if you Google us, all this stuff will come up. Fantastic. Well, uh, this was a delight. Uh, both of you were just so fantastic to talk to um y- y- y'all two are fan- are great i'm sure everyone's jealous that uh, y'all are together hey Aww, can't y'all break you. it up and spread the awesomeness a bit oh hey, that's where the poly yeah <laughs> there we go there's room there's room <laughs> shoot your shot shoot your shot <laughs> well Love jasmine I- i'll let you get back to your day why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody goodbye thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure being on here and talking about my horse ways Get in on the discussion in the Champagne Room, our new sex-positive Discord server. There'll be a channel dedicated to episode 368 where you can chat with uh, other fan whores uh, about your thoughts on, you know, uh, sex positivity, therapy, porn, all that jazz. Sounding. Ooh. Yeah, the episode 368 channel on the Discord server, that could just be like a support room for people who saw a sounding video by accident. Please come join us uh, at manwhorepod.com slash discord or click the link in the show notes. Want to send me your uh, your comments, your questions, your criticisms a little more privately? You can send any and all that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Of course, I'm sure you're uh, following me on all the socials. I'm on Twitter at TheBillyPresida. I'm on Clubhouse at TheBillyPresida. Uh, you can go smash that like button on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page, and you can still enter to win $100 by Sunday night if you share the Man Whore Podcast in your Instagram story and tag me at Billy is Presida. Uh, I hope to see some of y'all. I hope to be uh, doing some truths and dares with many of you on Saturday, January 30th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want an invite for that, you need to join the $7 tier on Patreon. 
congrats to all the trans military members being reinstated to all the future transgender military members who are serving in my stead because as chris rock once said about uh gays in the military you know <laughs> if they want to fight let them fight because i ain't fighting i don't care if i see a tank rolling down Flatbush avenue i ain't doing nothing Salute to the troops in the white, blue, and pink. Until next week, stay slutty. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout.